Welcome to another edition of the Talking Basketball Podcast. I am Mark. I am Paul. And this is a great one, Mark. This is a great one. We're doing something a little bit different today, aren't we? Yeah, well, you said there was a lot of interest in like the NBA Cup when we did. Yes, sir. And then you had a few emails saying, talk about, you know, some of the great teams. And that's when um, we had the idea of there's a lot of young guys that I talk to um, who don't know about the the bad boys no um the detroit bad boys it's as good a place to start as anyway for modern basketball really isn't it yeah it is great because look the bad boys for those who don't know detroit pistons the late um 80s early 90s and they were the ones that were willing to do anything to win um and that is the that characteristic was what made people love them it's also what made people hate them um and it earn them the title the bad boys so let's start there it's great and you know what i love about the bad boys is um it doesn't follow that nba trend so you had magic and bird the lakers dynasty the celtics dynasty michael jordan's dynasty coming in but for two shining years you had the detroit pistons upsetting everything becoming back-to-back uh nba champions um, and it wasn't part of the script. And that's what's so good about that. That's what's so good about the story. They've had a, a very interesting time because they're quite storied as as, as a team. And it, uh, I think, well, it sounds silly, but certainly for me, um, obviously for you as well, but our memory of Detroit also is the fact that your brother supported them. So being younger, you'd see the posters on his wall. Yeah, well, they were world champions that yeah. you, you would. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess where can we start? I mean, people will know the Detroit Pistons, these bad boys, you know, Isaiah Thomas, you've just said, Bill Lane Beer. Um, some of the names people don't associate, which I think is crazy, is people like Dennis Rodman, uh, John Spider, Sally, Joe Dumas, Rick, uh, Rick Mahorn. Um, so yeah, let's, let's go on with that story, Mark. Um, so I think... We need to start it off with the legend, the legend, the one and only Jack McClowski. Well done, Jack. So Jack McClowski, he is the one. Um, if you've seen the infamous um, in the last dance, you've seen the the infamous game seven against um, the, Jord- uh, the Jordans, <laughs> against the Jordan and the Bulls. And you see this, uh, the Pistons walk off the court. Now, in particular, the bit you always see on TV is Lame Beer and Isaiah behind him. They're getting near the change room and there's a guy standing there who's clearly upset and looking very proud of them. And he cuddles them. That is Jack McClowski. And he was GM of Detroit Pistons. Yep. And he was the one, uh, they called him um, Trader Jack. He was the one who created everything. And that's why he's so pivotal to the start of this story. I love that nickname. What, Trader Jack? Trader Jack. So um, I've actually met him as well. The Harry Redknapp. I think you might have met him as well. Really? Oh, was he there with John Spider Sally? Yeah, so a long time ago, 
it was uh, Dennis Rodman and um, John Sally were coming to Portsmouth, who were, I think, probably the champions at that time. That's why they Must were coming down. And they were doing this whole, like, show, I guess. Now, Dennis Rodman didn't turn up because he... Met a um, lady. Yeah, well, that's what Mick said, yeah, but back in the day. So um, it was just John Sally, but he did put a show on for all the kids. Now, the one thing I remember was talking to Jack McClowski as a young kid, thinking, what a really nice guy. And I, to the point I remember him now still thinking what a nice guy he was. Wow. In particular, and, you know, I'm going to have a go at Mount Batten staff here. So I've got, I'm there. There's a few kids here. We've got John Sally, NBA legend, standing there. And champion at that point. And world champion. And, world champion. And we're all waiting for change from the lady at the Mountbatten Centre, like, front till, so we can have our photo taken in a booth with John Sally. Oh, no. And she's just taking her time. No, uh, wait for... Anyway, John Sally went, really sorry, guys, I got to shoot off. And we were all like, oh. Jack McClowski stayed and waited patiently for the lady. Um, it was quite a while from what I remember. Anyway... He then came in the booth with the kids. Do you know, you know that like strip of yeah, photos? Yeah, yeah, I had that with Jack McClowski. That was on my freaking wall for like yeah, 10 that. years afterwards. Anyway, um, so really nice guy. And um, he he passed away. I want to say, where did I, I wrote? He passed away in 2019, aged 91. That's um, a good innings. Good innings. Yeah. But he was GM for the Pistons in 1979 to 1992. So I think... 79 year, the Seattle Supersonics won, just saying. Wow. So he... Um, I think we probably met him 90. Uh, it was. It had been 89 or 90 we would have met him. Um, but he has also added to the honorees list uh, in 2008 in Detroit. So he's got... I don't think it's a number... I think it's like a kit with his name on it and yeah. it's like that's raised. Um, so, yeah. Um, they, d they don't only do that for very specific. Yeah, there's not many. I no. think there's like two or three in Detroit and he's one of them. Oh, that's awesome. So, he became GM of the D Detroit Pistons and over that 13-year period, Trader Jack, as he was known, made huge trades, absolutely huge trades, um, that was just constantly upgrading the team to become that challenger to take on the Boston Celtics, um, take on the Los Angeles Lakers. And when we talk about these teams, we're talking about the 1986 Boston Celtics, arguably one of the greatest teams ever assembled. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about... Yeah, you're talking Showtime Lakers as well. Show, exactly, I was about to say Showtime Lakers. Yeah. Arguably one of the greatest teams um, best ever Lakers. assembled. I would say the best Lakers dynasty, but I think Kobe may have taken that one now as like the best. Well, you're talking about two dynasties yeah, here. Huge. One in the East, one in the West, and Detroit are trying to, you know, do well. Okay. So that's where that's where this story starts. And Celtics versus Lakers, great basketball game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was it was a basketball game, wasn't it? Was it Bulls versus Lakers or Celtics versus Lakers? Um, no, I think it was Celtics Lakers, and then when Jordan started becoming popular, Jordan versus Lakers or something. Yeah. 
Anyway, so it probably it probably tied up when whoever was in the final, I'd imagine. That was an old what Mega Drive game or something. I think like that? that was Mega Drive around the NBA Jam times. So right now, I any any of the young guys listen to this who don't know who we're talking about, please look it up. Please go on YouTube, type the bad boys, type these players um, because you know it's um, it's definitely worth a watch. So Mark, you got to start. Let's start in. 1981, the man who started the entire thing, that little chain, Jack McClowski, he has the number two pick. Yep. And he gets Zeke. Who's number one that year? Number one, I believe, was Mark Aguirre, I think it was. Oh, yeah, bullet dodge there. So, well. Sorry, Mark. Well, you say that, but his name gets brought up later in the story. I know. So... Number one pick was Mark Aguirre. And um, do you know at the start, before they actually announce all the trades, they do like their, you know, the uh, I don't know what they call it, where they show all their skills and yep. stuff like that, and they have the interviews. I didn't realize they have interviews. Anyway, Jack McClowski interviews Isaiah Thomas. And in those days, no one wanted to go to Detroit. They just, they're like, I'll, I'll go in, serve my time, and I'm out. Yeah. And Isaiah Thomas, I heard him in an interview. He goes, he literally every question Jack McClowski asked me, he goes, I'm just messing this up. Like he goes, I'm giving him all the wrong answers. And at the end of the interview, Jack McClowski turns around to him and says, I don't care what you've said to me. If you're available, number two, I'm picking you. And and Isaiah's <laughs> like, well, okay. So anyway, Isaiah gets picked up by the Pistons. Um, and then he immediately shows his ability um you know and he if if you've not seen any of his videos he's just got i'm just trying to uh, a good way but it's just he's fluid passion as well yeah. his heart is on his sleeve you know he's a fighter he is a freaking lion gritty. ready to go he's gritty. Yeah. yeah yeah you know everyone looks at that smile but i mean he is just like you know absolute warrior yeah you look absolute at, look at a snake's face a snake's looks like it's smiling as well it's the same thing ain't going down without a fight so he gets this guard um and then the other one you got to talk about in the same year i think it was towards the end of the year he picks up vinnie johnson in a trade with your favorite team yes. seattle supersonics who had just won the title oh, yeah. they get vinnie johnson i think when it microwave the microwave yeah. i think that was his nickname yep um and then again i think it was oh i'm just seeing in my notes i think it was a few years later oh, no 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 sorry a year later um sorry early 82 jack mcclowski is away watching cleveland cavaliers yeah because zeke was at 81 draft wasn't he yeah so within that same season i believe jack mcclowski's watching cleveland and there's this guy called bill lane beer <laughs> and what he um says about bill lane beer is cleveland were losing by 20 points and he is fighting ferociously still to win the game and the game's over and it's like hang on this guy I, and he was like i need to get this guy um and he actually put some i think i want to say some significant trades in to get um lane beer oh he did well then so at the heart of this lane beer and isaiah thomas are from chicago yeah i think 
I think Isaiah Thomas clearly had a harder time in his upbringing. Yeah. And Bill Lanebeer had it quite easy. Yes. And uh, but they were from Chicago, um, so they got on with each other. They started doing do, doing well. Um, and then must have been weird for them playing for Detroit actually, because Detroit and Chicago are not a million miles away. No, and they're huge rivals. Yeah, huge rivals. And you know the thing with Isaiah Thomas, like Chicago was his hometown. When he was going back playing Chicago, he was being applauded. He was he was the young star of Chicago, and uh, a man who came into the league very soon took that from him. And that's that is part of it. and a bit of the st stuff that come up in the last dance, which I didn't like. They didn't bring up. They didn't talk about the fact that Isaiah loved Chicago. He loved that support he got from them. He was from Chicago. Michael Jordan turns up. This is the Jordan show now. It's and like, now they hate him. It's like the yeah, now they hate Isaiah. Yeah, but it's the worst version of uh, of jealousy, isn't it? Because you go, Isaiah was talented. Jordan was just a little more talented and a little more athletic and then was not even in his hometown and then took his hometown away from him and he's like yeah are you kidding me? but that is such a valuable piece of information <laughs> yeah. that yeah. didn't get brought up in the last dance i didn't know lane beer was chicago i knew zeke was but I, he was in a very nice his dad was like a president of some company oh, okay. and in his first couple of years in the nba his dad was earning more money than he was in the nba <laughs> but i guess you're still in the days where the nba hasn't exploded with the financials yet no 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 well actually you say that um I was looking at the. I was looking at something with the Lakers actually, uh, the other day, and you see David Stern giving Magic Johnson his MVP, and it looks like just like a little office, and they're all like sitting around for a little press conference, and he says, "Oh, this is a uh, you know the MVP award sponsored by Edge," and he actually says like a little sponsored by Edge, and then goes to hand the trophy over and knocks it over, and oh, that's no. that's the one where Magic Johnson goes. Well, I guess that's why he runs the league and isn't a play basketball player. <laughs> and you're like, because he dropped it. You're like, oh, I haven't seen that. After oh, it's brilliant, mate. But you know, that was. You think the reason I think that's quite important is that certainly in this conversation with the bad boys, you've got to think that the the Lakers and Celtics, that whole massive rivalry, was at it was in its it was it was well oiled at that point. You know, the, the Lakers have won a few and Boston were trying to chip away at that. And so, and then that's the point where Zeke's coming into this and building up. So you go, that's that's the sort of the, the ocean that they're swimming in. Yeah. It's like you've got two massive teams who are going two, head to head. Two juggernauts. Yeah. Absolute juggernauts. And, and it's not even just that they've got, obviously, the Lakers, Minneapolis Lakers, if you want to be correct. <laughs> but just the Lakers and the Celtics, not only do they got that, huge histories but their fan bases are lunatics so yeah so and then they had magic and bird who clearly had an interesting rivalry yeah so all of that was going on you know all the way through that early mid to early to mid 80s yeah i mean well i think the 79 they both came into the league the same time lakers won it in 87, 88. Lakers got it 80, so they're, 82, they're, they're, 85, they still, 87, 88. They still dominate the 80s. Those two teams dominate. Lakers had five championships in the 80s. 80, 82, 85, 87, yeah. 88. 
Well, and Celtics was 76, 81, 84, 86. Well, I think the next key to this puzzle comes in 1983 when Chuck Daly <laughs> becomes head coach of the Detroit Pistons. Now, uh, if you don't know who Chuck Daly is, I'm surprised. Um, look up a he picture was, of a used car salesman and it will look like that. Well, it look, you, I'd be shocked if you don't know who the Dream Team are. Yeah. Um, so the Dream Team, I believe that was 92. Um, he was the head coach for the Dream Team. Um, he's also Hall of Famer, coach Hall of Famer. Um, so he came into the Pistons team and, um, you know, initially the Pistons had difficulty moving up that NBA ladder. Um, and then I think when you get to, I want to say, I think it was 85, 1985 playoffs. That's the first time Detroit, um, they won their their first round series yeah. and then they go to take on the Boston Celtics who are defending champions. So they're now in the realms of we're playing just to get to the final, arguably one of the greatest teams assembled. Okay. Yep. So um, Boston won in six games in, in, in that season. However, the performance Detroit put on in that um, series they put everyone on notice in the NBA we're coming you know it was like whoa okay they've just taken the Celtics to a six six games here and um, they who are they that that was the thing wasn't it it was like who are they yeah. they've just taken them to six games like what yeah so I can't remember what happened there was something really significant in that series which was like wow okay I know in the uh, I know in, in the eighty seven series it was the uh, that was the steal, wasn't it? Yeah, you, you're jumping ahead, Mark. Whoa, jumping ahead, jumping ahead. ahead. Right before you, you get there, so Boston, they've just been beaten by Boston, okay? Um, and now the nineteen eighty five NBA draft, the Detroit Pistons, and again this all goes back to Jack McCloskey doing his negotiating. I think I wrote it down here actually because this was a really important one. Um, this was yeah. So he gets Joe Dumas. Okay, uh, best known moves. Uh, Joe outside the lottery. So he yeah. So he gets Joe Dumas. Um, and just to put this in context for people, who Joe Dumas is, Michael Jordan has said, and I'm quoting, Dumas was the best defender I've ever faced. Yeah, that's I mean, Michael Jordan saying that about Joe Dumas. Reasonable praise, isn't it? Yeah. So right. Anyway, um, so he managed. This, they, they get Joe Dumas 18th overall, um, and it later pr um, proved to be really wise. Um, and now Joe Dumas has gone just gone through his college years. Yep. With posters of Isaiah Thomas on his wall. <laughs> So now he turns up and was like, wow, I'm running alongside like Isaiah Thomas. And he turns into like the best sidekick for Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, oh, they were great. Absolutely. Um, the other one is huge trade here was Rick Mahorn. So Rick Mahorn um, got traded from the Washington Bullets in those days. Yes. Um, now, 
<laughs> Rick Mahorn is a character. So if you've seen in those 80s, those really physical plays where someone stands and puts a, a pick on around the halfway line and someone runs into it and they get taken out, yeah? That's Rick Mahorn. That's my kind of player. That's Rick Mahorn. Take the head off. Um, so, yeah, they managed to get him, and he hated Detroit so much. He hated Isaiah. He hated Detroit. He was like, I do not want to be here. So he got traded in the summer, and he just went, oh, screw this. I am just, just putting on weight over the su summer. He turned up to training, and um, you've got, oh, I heard it in an interview with uh, Bill Lane Beer. Bill Lane Beer walks up to him and says, this is unacceptable. This is what we expect from you. This is what's going to happen. And if you don't like it, we're going to fight. That's what you were getting in the Detroit Pistons in those days. Um, so I think it took a while for Rick Mahorn to um, gel in the team, but he becomes like best buddies with Bill Lane Beer. Yeah. And they have this thing later on called Tap Tap. I don't know if you ever heard this. Uh, I heard Rick Mahorn say it once. He said Tap Tap. And if, if one of them says tap, tap, it means whoever's coming in, you don't know who's coming for you, but one, one of them is putting you on the floor. Oh. So tap, <laughs> tap, like, <laughs> boom. Ow. Which Jordan found out yeah, in, okay. the 80, in the late 80s. So um, if you see a picture of Bill Lanebeer back then and you looked at a picture of him, you think, doesn't look that scary. No. When you, if anyone who hasn't watched him play, watch him just play, just just a few highlights you think he was savage yeah and you know what the one thing bill lane beard doesn't get credit for is he is playing a mental game on another level oh if you, if you yeah. just watch him and he's like he would be like when he talks about celtics he's just like i'm playing the mental game with bird cut the head off the snake and the snake's dead yeah so he's focused on bird um i mean larry was pretty much as good as it gets for mental games wasn't it like i'm gonna walk the ball down there and i'm gonna shoot that shot and i'm gonna do exactly this you do it on the person and they got they're like well i can't stop him i could be wrong here yes no no i am wrong here it's in the next season coming up okay uh, there was a there was something that happened with lame beer uh with larry uh, no i'm sure i'm very sure because he was one of the first people that i noticed as well wearing the goggles um a different style of goggle not just the ones like kareem where was wearing he was wearing slightly slightly different ones i noticed that uh lame bear yeah yeah I, he, I, he put them on a few I times he had also i'm sure he wore like the more modern mask yeah uh, i think that was quite early in that, in that yes. time um so anyway next season it's the um, season. so we're now in the 86 playoffs okay. um and even though they're making this advancement with their team they they lose in the first round to atlanta hawks and wow. it's at that point it's at that point they go right they changed the um uh I, I guess the mentality of the team to be more defensive minded okay so we then go into the 86 87 season and again, Jack McClowski. He gets two players who are arguably one of the best players he, he gets. And that's John Sally, mm -hmm. John Spider Sally, yes. 
drafted 11th overall. And Dennis Rodman. One of my favorites. Drafted 27th. Yep. Um, now, imagine that. He's just got Dennis Rodman, 27th pick. Yep. One of the greatest rebounds, rebounders of all time. De- 27th I'm going to say defensive players, not even just rebounders. Because he would, he was a, even in those days, it was just like, it was like a dog. Just go get the ball. And it was just like fetch. Go off you go. That ball's mine. The ball's going up. It's, it's offensive yeah, or defensive. If the ball's going out of bounds, those are the days where people were running and doing a dive and landing in the crowd and stuff, weren't they? And the amount of pictures you get well, with that's Rodman. Dennis Rodman, wasn't it? Yeah, just that. taking people out. That's, you know, he just went for it. Which I'll, teams in so nicely with people like Zeke, who they threw their body into it and Lane Beard. They all just put their body on it, weren't they? That's one yeah. of their... And I'm glad you mentioned his defensive ability because a lot of people say rebounds, which is definitely true, but his defensive press presence, he won defensive player of the year. That's yeah. how good he was. Um, he's six foot but 10. He's massive. Also, I'm fairly confident um, when like when they're playing the Lakers and trying to beat the Lakers in the playoffs. Yeah. That's why in the finals, you got Rodman on magic. Yeah, he's you going know, nowhere. It, like you put in a big guy on, a, on, a, on, 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 you know, arguably one of the greatest point guards of all time. Oh yeah, Magic, yeah, 100%. So, but when you look at interesting... I always say arguably because you've got way out. Yeah. Well, when you go to um, that era as well, one of the things you've got to consider is you look at the the actual shape of the, the players because the athleticism and the physical nature of the game, that was a quite a turning point in the NBA itself. So that's something that this was quite highlighted by the bad boys. Some of the players were get were quite ripped and they were getting quite big and quite ripped. Up until then, like late 70s to early 80s, you weren't getting big. That was that sort of athletic turning point. You know, if Dr. J doing the dunks, all of that started coming across. The athleticism in basketball was becoming. So that became quite prevalent because when you see someone like Rodman, who was a big dude, when you see him at Detroit, he was quite lean. Yeah. He was quite a lean guy. Lanebeer wasn't big and stacked. He was quite a lean guy as well. But they just knew how to use their bodies. Yeah, well, they they turned the team into a, you know, teams were getting ready for a fight (laughs) when they played Detroit Pistons. Yes. And um, I think it was... um, was Joe Dumas who said he would read the newspaper yes going into whoever they were playing and he'd be reading the other team going in the newspaper saying we're ready to fight them and he'd be like the game's over we've already won they're just thinking of fighting us we're, we're, we're getting ready to play a game of basketball yeah um, so anyway so we're heading into the 86-87 season oh sorry I forgot to mention there's one player they got in a game in a trade a uh, huge player was Adrian Dantley. Okay. He got from the Utah Jazz. Um, and he was uh, an amazing scorer. Absolutely amazing scorer. Um, and again, the team now have adopted this very, very physical, defensive-oriented style of play. Um, obviously, where they got the nickname, the Bad Boys. Yep. So now we're getting into... The exciting, exciting years. So in 1987, 
the Detroit Pistons reached the Eastern Conference Finals against the Celtics. And this is the bit you were talking about. Right. I'm now going to go back. Yeah. Okay. So you got the 1987 Eastern Conference Finals against the Celtics. And um, the defending, these, this is the defending champions now. So yep. we're now at a point where we are saying arguably one of the greatest teams of all time. Yeah, arguably they've okay. won it at that point i think three times yes that was the that was that was their third and last time in the 80s 81 84 and 86 for the celtics and this is what you were talking about so just to bring the mentality of the detroit pistons to the forefront of this conversation at this point they want the Celtics. They want to beat the Celtics. They're trying to beat the Celtics. They've been doing it year after year after year, and they can't get past that hurdle. Okay? And there's a great move. Um, and that's always in the Eastern Conference finals and stuff. Yes, as well, isn't it? this yeah. is Eastern Conference. So there's a great move. This is in the Boston Garden. I don't know how much time was left, but Isaiah's got the ball. He goes around, I think, the top of the key, hits a shot. Um, Detroit go up by one, okay? And Celtics come down the other end. Sorry, no, there's a timeout. Celtics get the ball, inbound the ball, and the defense that Detroit are playing is in just amazing. Just watch it. It is amazing defense. And the ball goes out of play and comes off a Celtic. Yep. And so the referee is like, Detroit basketball. Detroit are in the garden. They're up by one. Two seconds left on the clock. And they're like, we've got them. We've bloody got them. We've done it. And um, that is th this is what your time. I mean, do you want to carry on with this bit now? <laughs> I just want to know what your opinion is. Was it, was it Larry's genius or was it well, Zeke's mistake? Let's just, let's just, let me just say what happened then for those who don't know this incident. So Isaiah Thomas, this is on the sideline in the backcourt. So he's in his backcourt. He takes, the referee holds out the ball. Isaiah run around, grabs it. I think he sees Lane Beer free underneath the basket. And he goes to pass the Lane Beer. Larry Bird comes from nowhere, steals the ball, passes it off to, who's the other guard? Passes it off to another Celtic who gets a layup. And then there's like, I don't know, a second left in the game. And that's it. Game's gone. Game's gone. Um, yeah, that is. Now, what, what are you going to say? Because this is you got you got a point on this, don't you? Well, it was just it was more that you know people say that Chuck Daly actually was calling a timeout and Larry and that um, Isaiah missed when it was the, the thing that Chuck was actually calling a timeout and apparently Isaiah missed it. That's one of the rumors that goes around, and because he missed it. He missed Chuck was shouting for a timeout. I just don't know how that would work or play it down or whatever it was because the ball was outbound and they had two seconds left. So you go, what was he going to do for that? Yeah, they did have one timeout. Um, and, a I, and then you, and this is one of these things which is great about the game where you see all these rumor mills. Did he miss Chuck's timing out? Did he make the right play? Was it simply that Larry was like a savant? And you've got to think, this is Larry Bird. We're not just talking about a random player. Larry was a savant and he he did get it physical and get the ball and he read things 
So he had that ability and it's it was almost like everything went in place. Larry was one of the baddest dudes in the freaking league. But I like, think I think that one, 100% that was on Zeke. That was 100% his mistake in that one. He, yeah, ju he just mean, made the wrong play. That's all it was. He just he, made the wrong play. The only thing I've seen from that, I haven't heard Chuck Daly's version yep. other than him saying, I would have liked to time out. That's all I've ever heard him and say. And that's what they've always said. But um, he was calling the time. The ref holds the it. ball and Isaiah runs, grabs it. it and, um, he, and that's it, yeah. And then the rest is history. Um, so, so that was purely, I think Zeke was so excited in, in the garden, had all the passion. It was there. Let's just let's seal it. And mate just didn't listen. Oh, well, I've, I've just got a note here. Um, I love the fact you've just surprised yourself. Chuck Daly's timeout signal from the bench was missed. Oh, it's almost like I did my homework. <laughs> no, but so yeah, uh, like that's what I'm saying. Is that a table officials? They I were mean, saying, is that the gardens? Apparently, home he court was signalling advantage? it, and Isaiah should have been signalling it to them, saying he's calling a timeout. Yeah, that's but, game. But that's I, game. But Isaiah did not see it because he just was so excited. Bang, yeah. off he went. And, I, and it's all on him. I think the classic camera angle of that is you're looking at. Uh, again, Celtic legend Bill Walton. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Where he's on the bench, just like yeah. hand up, hands up in his hair, just like, oh shoot, yeah, we, we we they've got us. And then he's two seconds later, he's laughing like, where did that come from? Yeah. Um. So yeah. So oh, Dennis Johnson, that was the guy. He passes it to Dennis Johnson, who gets the layup. Yes, 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 yes. Celtic yes, legend. Um, and then. The Pistons did that was game five. Pistons did win game six back in Detroit. Yep. But they lost the series in a tough game seven back in Boston. Oh yeah. Um so they they had that shot. You know, going in the garden in those days is hard. And they uh, you know, I think that they were just I think just game five was their shot and I, they missed it. I had a little piece of the garden. I had a little bit of wood. Yeah. Yeah, it was on. I know of... people who have. Where is yeah. it? Lost it. Yeah. That's annoying as that. <laughs> Don't tell me it was signed. No, no. It was one of those bits where they like, here's the little bit of the parquet, and it was on one of those tops card or cards, you know, thingies, whatever, with the hologram. Jeez, that'd be nice. Yeah, that was quite annoying. And I used to keep it in my sun visor of my car. Why? Because oh, it was cool. Um, right. And then when I destroyed the car because it blew up, I totally forgot about that. And then afterwards, it was a little while after, I was like, "Oh, so yeah, that's lost forever." Yeah. So some some. Idiot. No, no, it's gone, crushed. Bomb. Oh. Yeah, that's what I mean. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> oh well. So there's a there bit. There you of go, the folks. If you there's a bit, bit of the garden that's a, gone back. A bit of parquet floor. Don't leave it in your car. <laughs> um, As you do. Anyway, so this is. Um, can Def I just say, the Pistons kit, by the way, I know I'm all about the aesthetic, but the Detroit Pistons kit is so much nicer looking than the Celtics. Yeah, it is. Yeah, in, yeah, in that yeah. era as well, even when you look back at it and you look at all the old kits and some of them don't hold up very well, that Detroit kit looks superb still. Well, I would say um, the D the white Detroit kit in like... Um, in what year are we going to say? I'd say in 80, 81, 82, 83. The white kit, I don't know if it was... When, when the players sweat, mm. 
it just went all yeah. see-throughy, shiny. Like it just looked odd. It just went. It almost like lost its whiteness. Just yeah, it goes I like think, a. I want to say it was a team, the Team USA kit, but it might have been one of the East or West kits when they did an All Star and they did something similar once, and it did the same thing. It was like yeah, that, when they got sweaty, it, it just yeah, it just looks, doesn't it looks weird. Yeah. But yeah, by the time you get to uh, you know after eighty four, I think eighty five, you know, yeah. Detroit's kit, sweet ass. Yes. Nice. Right, except, so. Except 2006 when they went till, but we won't talk about that. So this is the controversial thing that happens. Yeah. So, look, you've got a rookie um, in Dennis Rodman mm-hmm. and a press. Um, and look, look, we're all big boys. We can talk about this now. This is history. Um uh, someone from the press is talking to him. Now, the one thing that doesn't get talked about here is you've just lost the conference finals mm. and you've got press people sticking microphones and cameras in your face. And they're in the locker room as well, aren't they? Yeah. It's like there. Like, I would be uh, just get, get I, out. You'd, I'd be fuming and they've got all this in your <laughs> face. Anyway, so... You'd be absolutely impossible if you'd lost in that final. And so what happens is someone asks Dennis Rodman about Larry you yeah. know and Larry Bird is easily one of the best players in the league at this time you oh, know yeah yeah and already been on the team that's won it three times he has just schooled Dennis Rodman trying to mark him yeah. okay or they took turns in anyway so someone makes he Dennis Rodman makes the comment of um, Larry Bird's a good player but if he was black, he would just be a regular dude. Yep. Huge comment at the time. Now, where I feel sorry for Isaiah is someone from the press goes up to Isaiah and says, your teammate has just made this comment, plays it to him. What do you think? And his quote where you hear, I'd have to agree with Rodman. If, if he was black, he would just be another good guy. Um, and that erupted, absolutely erupted. Um, you can argue, you can, uh, to be fair to Dennis Rodman and Jose, you could argue their point, not on Larry. You can argue yeah. the point they're trying to make. Yeah. But they picked the wrong guy to make it on. Yeah. Larry unfortunately, Bird. he was, he was king of the castle at that point. He was, he was beloved by. A lot, even people who weren't Celtics fans, liked Larry because he just—he was that player that you love to hate, or whichever way you know. He was just talented, exciting to watch, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, you got and you had to respect him if nothing else. Um, but I think you know, with that, just with that quote, it was controversial. It is extremely controversial in and, this and, and time. It is a shame that people took Isaiah and were like, "You made the comment." He didn't make a comment. He made a comment based on, or he had an opinion based on someone else's comment. Nowadays, I mean, that's that's a Twitter feed, isn't it? I mean, you put anything out there nowadays, you get yeah. 50, oh, I mean, like million. if he made it now oh. in our culture, oh, you'd be cancelled by all the vegans. He'd be in prison. <laughs> all the vegans would know. be lined up. Yeah, but you know, this is um, and this was where it, it, I guess it went very sour for Isaiah yeah because he took the brunt of that 
um and everything that i've heard about isaiah was and you even listen to him talk on certain things he's always supported of his teammates so when they talk about obviously the uh, the last dance when they talk about whose idea it was to walk out it was lame beers but isaiah doesn't say that no he just says uh I, i'm not sure he knows exactly he, he, he yeah. could say it was lame beers and i just followed but he doesn't he's supporting his teammates um and in this case he's supporting um dennis rodman and dennis for those who don't know if you haven't go look at a thing about dennis i don't know if they i think they did a 30 30 on him but there is certainly loads and loads of clips and highlights and things about dennis's history he didn't have the best life he had a terrible upbringing and his terrible and his uh once i approach but a view of life and college and basketball like saved him and he openly puts that yeah but it's fair to say i love dennis i've got various shirts of his and I, I've, he's amazing but he definitely had some very interesting perspectives on life so while someone might say you know that was maybe an ignorant comment nowadays make him making that about larry you've got to think who was it who said it now if isaiah had said it perfectly you go yeah that that's not good but that this was dennis saying it and you go he just agreed with his comment yeah but also it's like dennis was coming from a different place where he, he was ignorant to stuff so he was saying things he was that, a rookie at the time and yeah he was a rookie but he was ignorant with lots of things in life and he's had lots of other problems going on and you go Isaiah had been around he should have known better oh he would should have known better than said anything like that but it goes even further back than that just you don't get you've just lost a championship yeah why are you letting the press in there yeah that and and you know what I I always people don't mention that they've just lost game seven and someone comes in and goes yeah bam but that's in your face that's, like, that's, that's, that's what sells that's newspapers and the world it is now so well what happens after that is it turns into this huge thing huge thing people calling um isaiah racist and all of that and where i think personally the saddest moment of this is um it there's it's cringeworthy it's cringeworthy um before game two so the lakers are in the finals celtics are in the finals they've progressed yeah that's the final before game two yep um in la they have a press conference with Isaiah and Larry to talk this out. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And if you haven't you know what? seen I it, I have forgotten about that. that just that was, look at it. Up. It's no. so cringeworthy. And if you listen to the full thing, it starts and you think, once you get used to the BS press talking, if you know what I mean, when you ask someone something and they go, yeah, well, you know what? It's brought a lot of people together. It shows how much people, you, you get that. And then yeah. sometimes you get those real answers. Now this is is that the first woke moment in sport? Just thinking about it. You know, everyone get round the table, let's all hold hands and everyone says we're sorry. Like nowadays we're all used to that rubbish, aren't we? And everyone's being desensitized. I don't know. But don't that know. was a whole thing, wasn't it? Oh, like if that well um I think there have been some recent examples actually. But anyway, yeah, it wasn't nowhere near as huge as this. So, but that was one of I'm saying one of the like it's, that's 80s we're talking about. So yeah, you got to yeah, remember, yeah. this isn't like 2015 or something. This is 1987. This is a long time ago when they're doing that publicly. Yeah, and you know what? This just I think 
personally, I think this just fueled yeah. the piss and Celtic rivalry even more. Oh, yeah. 100%. Huge. So if you haven't seen the press interview, it's classic. Um, and this is where I think Isaiah personally made a mistake. So it was probably the time where he could have uh, said it was the wrong thing to say. I apologize. Everyone would have thought, oh, he's been the bigger man, done. He tries to dig himself out of a hole. Yeah. And that's the problem. He starts talking and it becomes very, very uncomfortable in yep. the interview. You listen to him, wow, this is cringe. Um, so, but again, something that never gets brought up. Oh, sorry, in that interview, Larry walks off. I yeah, think yeah. Larry's like, this is your man, I'd come in to help you out. Like and go, yep. Yeah, let's all forget about it. At some point, you, I can't hear what he says. And Larry's going just, into a game. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. No one mentions this. This is before game two, yeah. which the Celtics lose, mm. and Lakers are now two nil up after yep. this. And I just wonder. I wonder what the Celtics would have been like. Was this much of a distraction for them? Like you got your best player in a press conference talking about comments from another team they've just beat. I don't know. That was at the point where Larry's back started going, isn't it? Well, I don't know. I had it. It made it, me wonder. It's, it certainly wouldn't help, though, would it? I mean, like you say, there's at its admirable stand by your teammates. There's no question of that. When you sit there and start digging yourself in a hole, it's like uh, just like just take the punch and move on. Yeah. Yeah, and he, uh, well, he didn't. Uh, but that's and there's another. Um, and you don't see the other thing is you don't see Dennis getting pulled up for that a lot. And I, you know, no. I know I've defended it in terms of yes, he does have that level of ignorance, and maybe that's what it was. People just looked at him and went, not only is he young and green beyond the years, but he maybe has a distorted view of life a little bit. Yeah. Go fast forward to like the end of Dennis's career at the Bulls, and everyone's like, yeah, Dennis definitely has a, a distorted view on life. Yeah. You know, but at that time, that's that wasn't Dennis. You look at Dennis in the Pistons; he's not Dennis that everyone knows nowadays. It was he was no. Well, in those days, John he, Sally was the crazy one. Oh yeah, he was he was he was the Dennis Rodman. Yes, now uh, that you saw in the Bulls, yep. um, he was the Dennis Rodman. Was he like like you said? He came from a, a very difficult upbringing. So when he went into the Pistons, he had this family unit around him. Yeah. And it's exactly what he needed. He had that father figure of Chuck Daly around him. That's what he needed. Yeah. And when he went off the rails is when the Piston teams broke up. That's when he just went, pooh, let's, um, you know, he turned into John Sally. Yeah. And then went to um, the Spurs. So, so yeah, I mean, there, there's also, and I, I always feel really sorry for Isaiah um, because there is... Um, there's an interview he does uh, courtside and I don't know if he was talking about the game but again um, when the camera finishes when the, when, it, when the camera's not rolling uh, you know what I mean they're not supposed to be talking the camera stays on goes on Isaiah and he's literally got headphones off head in his hands just like man what is going on Isaiah did want to be liked and now he's hated He's hated. Like, let, let's not forget, a lot of people hated these guys. Yeah, I, uh, it, it, and well, it, I can't it, feel too added. sad for him. I can't feel too sad for him. Oh, you know, I at that point, yes, I could feel sad for him. But now, after understanding what happens in the future and 
Yeah, I, I think he just dug himself a lot of holes. That was the problem. Yeah, well, he, he definitely dug himself a dug himself further in a hole in that incident. Um, but this is where I think the bad boys get created. Yeah. So this is where they're like, everyone hates us. Everyone hates us. Now, in those days, I mean, you probably know more about this than me, but you've got the Oakland Raiders. Yep. And what, they're a very physical team. Yep. Yeah. So I think, I'm sure someone started taking like a skull and crossbones or something like that and a logo and started, and it started making money. We're bad boys. Yes. And then that, I think Detroit picked up on that as a marketing thing and poof, just exploded. Um, and this is the 87-88 season, isn't it? We're now going into the... Uh, where were we? We were on 87 to 88. So, so this now is, we're going 88 to 89 now. This is now 88 to 89. Yeah. yeah. So, um, again, they've just been defeated by the Celtics. Um, Pistons have uh, got a point to prove um i mean if you look just historically just at that point before we go into that the lakers won five of the championships in the 80s the uh, celtics won three and when you're looking at that as an east versus west detroit were the factor that made the east the stronger in the 80s and then because you, you have chicago coming through towards the end of the 80s but really you had Boston, Detroit, and the Lakers. You didn't really have much else on the, on the West. Wasn't really a lot going on. Bit of Portland. Yeah. Clyde made a little effort, but I'm trying to think. You put me on a spot. I can't think. No, now, I'm but, just saying because like, uh, the because the Lakers. Know. It was Showtime Lakers. So Showtime Lakers was early '80s all the way through. They were in the finals a lot, yeah. And and obviously then the Celtics. And it was always you know I Lakers. Think Portland and Celtics. coming in in the '90s was probably the first time they didn't get in in a long time. Yep. I think. Yeah. I'd have to go back but and have a look. When you look at it, it's it's relevant to now because obviously we're going back to East versus West in the All-Star game. But at that point, having the East versus West, that was one of the few times where it wasn't. It was There was two very obvious teams and Detroit came and kind of ruffled that up because it wasn't just Celtics versus Lakers. It was, oh, it's Celtics and Detroit and, yeah. and, and the Lakers. Well, again, you had these two, like I said, juggernauts, the... Celtics and Lakers going at each other and that saved the league. Yeah. That's when the TV viewing start shooting up. Um, Jordan, everyone loves him. He's shooting up. He's the rising star. Again, you just got this team in Detroit that, you know, no one likes. No. And then this happens. So, right. Um, so they then started the 88-89 season. So that's where we are now. They get a uh, 54 victories which is a franchise first division title in 32 years. In the postseason, the Pistons um, were taking on the Celtics for a third time in the Eastern Conference fin Finals. Now, um, I'm going to go back and forth here. Do a, it. A bit like they do, do in the last dance. So. Oh, yeah, this is exactly like the last dance. Yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. So, in 1987, <laughs> we now got Detroit in the conference finals against Celtics. Yep. They've already knocked the balls out. So, Detroit have knocked the balls out. Yep. So, this is what you see 
in the last dance. And it, and it's worth remembering, you know, Jordan was on the Bulls from like 84. If you haven't watched the last dance, it's not a spoiler, but he was in the Bulls from 84. So yeah, it, it's it's as but, he's coming. Well, He's the the balls are becoming a contender. Yes. So and he was on fire still, but Detroit beat him in five games. Yeah. Um, and that's the one that um, Pippin yep. was a rookie that season. And oh, was that his the, rookie year? Yeah. And it's the uh, one in the last dance where MJ says, "I wasn't physically prepared to take on that kind of a beating." He says something like that. Yeah. Um, and then. Detroit beat them and he then goes straight to the gym and it's one of the amazing parts of the last dance which I love where the trainer goes up to Jordan says let me know where you want to go back to the gym and I'll be there thinking he's going to take a couple of weeks off four weeks off five weeks off and he's like see you tomorrow and then he's working out in the gym so he's he's now preparing my body his body he's preparing his body to take a punishment that he knows he's going to be getting from the Pistons. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they're now in the conference finals against the Celtics. Yep. And um, they, I think they beat them in, they finally got over the hump and I think they do it in six games. I want to say six games. Um, But this is a really important bit that I can't remember if it comes up in the last dance or not. Um, But, this is where, before the end of the game, the Celtics walk off the court. Yeah. This is fact. Now, I, I've heard Isaiah somewhere saying, that's just what you did in those days. I disagree with that. It isn't what you did in those days. You shook someone in someone's hand and looked him in the face and said, well done. Good yeah. luck. But the Celtics did do it to the Detroit Pistons when they beat him in game six before the game finished. And it was only, um, oh, who's the big guy? Um, big guy for the Celtics. McHale. McHale. It was Kevin McHale who Isaiah says something and he turns around and as Isaiah goes and grabs his hand and yes. shakes his hand. Yeah, yeah. And that's the clip, isn't it? I think that's the go. Oh, yeah, they shook hands. No, not not quite. Go and look at the full reel, and um, oh, they were all walking off, and he he was yeah. shouting out to him. So I just think that's important to highlight. But the Detroit Pistons got over that hurdle of arguably the greatest team of all time. Arguably, by arguably, I'm saying like top ten, maybe. Oh, no, of course, the top ten, probably top five. Um, Straight that, but. So, the, it's the first trip for the Pistons in 32 years. I know you've got some comments on on previous uh, <laughs> previous titles. But they take yes. on the Lakers, um, who are obviously led by Magic, but they've got other players like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, mm. the... Um, James or, Worthy. What was the top scorer of all time? Yes. Until recently. Um, James Worthy, amazing player, uh, played with Michael Jordan at college. Mm. Um, so yeah, they they are you know Showtime Showtime Cooper. Always liked him. Showtime Cooper is that what you're going to call him? No, no, I said Showtime, but I thought this guy called Cooper. He was always good. <laughs> We're going to call then, him um, Showtime Cooper from now on. And then uh, there's an, who was the guy who had the goggles on? Well, Kareem. Wore the goggles. No, 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 no. There's a white guy with like a mullety kind of hair. 
Oh, um, yeah, I think yeah. he's in the backcourt of yes, the Lakers yes, yes, now. Yes, yes. Uh, no, I know who he is. He's oh. he's the classic clip of the Lakers Celtics when he's they're at the. Um, so it's really annoying me now. They're at the uh, forum and he's driving in from a layup, and I think it's Kevin McHale just takes him out. That's the guy I'm talking about. Yeah, it'll come to me. Um, so yeah, so um, look, the, this is a this is a, a serious team. Um, now it's also worth noting that Isaiah and Magic were good mates at this point, and this is something that really bothers me. Okay, so Magic and um, and uh, Isaiah are good mates. What I don't get is game one. Have you ever seen it? No. Game one. They, they, everyone's high-fiving, hey, and all that. And Magic and Isaiah are like, hey, like shake hands and like little kiss on the cheek. I'm like, man, this is the NBA title. I agree with Magic on this one. Like, I'm going to kill you to win that title. Like, why are you being mates? Um, and then in that game, I think where is where that realization kicks in for Isaiah when he drives into the hole and Magic sticks out a forearm straight in his face and Isaiah's like what the hell and Magic was way bigger than Isaiah yeah 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 Yeah, much bigger Um, not quite as big as Magic is nowadays but he was you know he was a big solid dude yes yeah definitely but and this is what bothers me this is what bothers me so Magic does that forearm in his face yeah Oh, he's so passionate. He really wants to win. That's what they say to, about Magic. Mm. Larry Bird gets taken out by Lil, Bill Lane Beer, punches Bill Lane Beer in the face. Oh, look at that passion. He's fighting back. That's what they say about Larry Bird. Yeah. Detroit do it. They're a disgrace. They should be chucked out the league. <laughs> I just, I'm just calling it, I'm just calling yeah. it as I see it. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's, and that's why I like Detroit because they were the underdog that went and did something that no one wanted them to do it. And, and seeing as you like fast forwarding and stuff, imagine fast forwarding to nowadays, you see what they, what all of them were playing, the physicality that they were playing. You put that in today's game. I'm not saying that they don't take bumps in today's game, but it was a different type of physicality. Yeah, it was. And you know, people talk about, I don't buy, personally buy, they say, oh, they changed the rules for Jordan. Okay. I understand that point. However, could it be that they changed the rules because people could get seriously injured? I could punch you in the face <laughs> and like, it's like, come on. It's. Well, if you watch The Last Dance, even Jordan talks about getting beaten up. Like when he's in the, in the early career, he's like, people on the team, you've got the big guys, but they're pushing you around and they're like, you've got you to step up. You've got to play physically and you've got to get into it. And then he's, and they're like, we're your teammates. We're going to beat you up. Imagine what the others would do. Then you've got Zeke and everyone saying that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I think Zeke famously said in one of the interviews, um, maybe like 2014 or that sort of, you know, long, long enough past that he definitely should know better. But he made a comment, something about every time he got someone, every time someone got fouled, they used to run up to Stern's office and a new rule would come out. And he like, what are you still not letting this go yeah like enough time has passed now yeah like look i get it the rules changed and i i 100 agree 
Detroit, the bad boys would have been a focus for highlighting reasons for change. However, I think they changed the rules of the league to save injury, to stop massive brawls on the court. Yeah. Rather than, we just need Michael Jordan to win. I don't get that. I don't buy that. I think it was like we were saying earlier about the the type of physicality of the game. The level of athleticism that players like Dr. J and James Worthy and or the, the athleticism for someone who's, say, like six foot five, six foot eight, and then they were big, powerful dudes, and they were coming in and dunking it. It's like the game has changed now. We need to maybe change this. And, you know, it's worth pointing out the three-point line came into the NBA in 1979. Yeah, Magic so, and Bird. So Magic and Bird, their first year, that's when the three-point line came in. That's so 22, 23 metres, isn't it? It's, not, it's, it's bigger now, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it's, 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 it's an extra foot and a bit further out now. Um, but it was 22 and an inch, I think it was. But basically, you think of that game and all the stats. So when you see those scores back in those days, there was no three-point line. They were hitting yeah. So when you then come in, the three-point wasn't like it was nowadays when anyone who's listening who's younger used to even Steph Curry jacking everything up or that game didn't exist. Steve Kerr, coach, very famous for hitting a few quite big threes how many did he hit a game not loads he wasn't a huge scorer I think he scored his, his huge shots were I don't think were three pointers I think they're more jump shots I think I could be wrong but he pulled up for a few like and he was long, like, practice, long jump shots long jump shots and then he'd step back and maybe try and hit three but the three was still in those late 80s early 90s people were trying to understand where do we fit it into a game now I saw some stats on this recently and the actual effectiveness of the three pointers is still around 33, 35% in the game nowadays as it was back in, say, the 80s, 90s. The difference is the amount of shots going up. So they used to maybe put five or, five or 10 shots up a game. Now they're putting up 30 shots or whatever, 40 shots. But they're just getting the same roughly percentage each time. And then you've got players like Steph who are obviously much better, but most of them they're on the same sort of path so they did at that time it's worth remembering that that game has changed so they were adapting to physicality they're adapting they had adapted to a three-point line and then obviously you know imagine the first season that the three-point line comes in you draft larry bird everyone would be looking at him like are you taking the mick <laughs> like you've just you've now created a score system where someone can get an extra point for taking a shot and the guy who can do that shot you've just you've just drafted him yeah and he will go down in history as one of the greatest three-point shooters ever. Yeah, and you've got him. Yeah. I like the one where he wins a three-point competition. He shoots the last shot and just holds his oh. hand up as he's walking off. That's a good one. Um, you know, just talking about Larry, I think I'm just going back. Yep. When Detroit played uh, Celtics and beat them. Yep. I think it was in that game when... It was Larry Bird drives into the hole, Lane Beer's up, and he's like, I'm coming down, you're coming down with me, I'm taking, and he takes out Larry, and on the floor, Larry turns around and punches him in the face, and just kicks <laughs> off. And then when it goes back to Boston, I think it's in Boston, 
Um, who is the huge guy? Double zero for Celtics. Who is that? Oh, blimey. Um, not Robert Parrish, is it? Parrish, yeah. Par Lane Pierce in front of him under the basket, and he kind of is going for the ball and then just starts like punching Lane Beer in the face. <laughs> and then someone goes up to Lane Beer, like one of the physios with smelling salts. And, you know, he's, he's, he you know wakes him up and he's like, first thing Lane Beer says, did they chuck him out of the game? <laughs> so, like, you know, anyway, I forgot about that one. Anyway, but, I think it was that one. I yeah, but I mean, look, that was the point where it, that that highlights really how much they put themselves into it. They put their body on the line. They're like, we're going to win the game. Yeah. We're going to do what we need to do. And if we, if it means causing chaos, so be it. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. That is the end of this part. But do not worry because coming soon is the second part of this episode and it will be available soon.